Welcome. We we interrupt the normal Not Sam Wrestling podcast feed to bring you a special Not Sam Wrestling figures additional podcast conversation because there's a lot of questions out there right now. And I mean, anybody that's been listening to this podcast or following anything that I've done for any amount of time has to know at this point that I'm a, a passionate wrestling figure collector and have been literally all my life. So there's a project happening right now that I feel very near and dear to my heart. And I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. This is not a, a paid uh, sponsorship thing. I'm not representing WWE or representing Mattel or this was my idea. I reached out to our guest today because I was like, I, I, I want to, I want to get as much word out about this product as humanly possible, just because I think it's so interesting that it's happening at all. So with that, we welcome on my guest. He is, uh, well, he's a member of the Elite Squad, so we know he's not Brian Myers. He is Mattel's marketing manager for action figures, and he's one of us. He's just a huge, he's a huge figure fan. He's a huge wrestling fan. He's a huge wrestling figure fan. So we got somebody on the inside. Steve Ozer, welcome, man. How are you? I'm doing good, Sam. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, of course. Um, so obviously, we're here to talk about the Ultimate Edition New Generation Arena, which I know that, you know, when we announced it at Comic-Con, as you know, all those reactions were like so legitimate. That was the first time. I know it was the first time I'd seen it. I'm assuming it's the first time Johnny and everybody else had seen it too. But you know, we all flipped out because we're new generation era fans. Um, how do you feel a closeness to the new generation? Is that why this product, one of the reasons why this product is existing? I mean, I'm very close to the new generation, but I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong diehard nonstop WWE fan, you know, back from the, the, the golden era uh, through now, never, never fell off the wagon. I know some fans come in and out, you know, because of life or whatever, but um, I mean, every, every moment in time and every generation is, is near and dear to my heart, but you know, uh, new gen, I mean, that was like, you know, uh, golden era, phenomenal, unbelievable time in the business. And then you transition to this new generation era where the, the business completely changed. Um, the the, the in-ring style completely changed, the type of athlete completely changed. Um, and it, it really shaped where we are now and the product we see now and the athleticism that we see now. So yes, absolutely. Like super special era for, for me and, you know, really anyone who is watching now um, should, should thank like those new generation performers. Yeah, and I also, I, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and I think one of the reasons why the new generation speaks so much to me is not just because of the age I was, but when you think about it, it's like the new generation was the first time that we really saw that WWE could continue without Hulk Hogan, that it wasn't like, because Hulkamania and WWE were synonymous for those first eight WrestleManias. It was like you didn't have one without the other. The two brands were almost equal. And the idea that you would have a WWE without Hulk Hogan almost on any level was like, what does that even, what does that even look like? So I feel like it was those new generation stars and the, and the rise of Sean and Brett coming through that era where it was like, no, this isn't about, this isn't about one superstars star power. 
there's enough talent here that this brand can not only exist, but thrive for a really long time. Oh, yeah. So many stars were elevated and made. And I mean, you know, look at what happened in the aftermath, you know, Attitude Era, explosion of the business all over again. And, you know, that was the seeds were planted during the new generation for that to happen. Um, and I'm glad you brought up like Hulk uh, and, and the, you know, the generation before, because, you know, talking about this item, like it's not even new generation exclusively, like Hulk used that entrance at WrestleMania eight. Yeah. Uh, and, and probably during his comeback, you know, the following year, Ric Flair, the Legion of doom, ultimate warrior. So many of our, our favorite golden era talent also came through that entrance after it debuted. So, I mean, to me, I, it, it transcends even new generation. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, that, that new generation is kind of a, a catch-all for so many things. And I think some people think about it for different things than others. But when you're the aesthetics of the new generation, and specifically the place at the, the, the arena that you guys are doing with the entranceway and the way the ring looks and everything, I feel like it captures this really cool time where you've got the tail end of the Hogan era, you've got the complete new generation era, and then you've got the beginning of that attitude era before stuff had really transferred over when you still had the red, white, and blue ropes, and you still, like the in-your-house era where you could see the attitude era kind of poking through, you know? Yeah, so, so you know, I mentioned I mentioned a lot of the Golden Age stars using this entrance and, and being featured in, you know, this arena type of a setup. Uh, but, you know, you look at the opposite end of the spectrum, and so many attitude era stars uh, walk through this entrance as well and, and wrestled in this ring with the red, white, and blue ropes, Austin, Rock, uh, you know, obviously Sean was still around, Hunter, you know, as he was transitioning into Triple H, like all that occurred, you know, during the time frame where this entrance and ring were being used. Yeah, and I kind of love that if you go through, like anybody that's been collecting for a long time, I feel like it's pretty rewarding because you guys have done a ringmaster figure and you've done a Hunter Hearst Helmsley and you've done... You know, the, the SummerSlam 95 Sean with the, with the blue pants on and everything. So there's so much, I feel like, in terms of display. Um, so let's talk about this because, you know, I talk to a lot of people that aren't, that are like huge wrestling fans, but aren't necessarily wrestling figure collectors. So this gets announced at Comic-Con and it's announced as going up on Mattel Creations and it's a crowdfunding campaign, which in the collector toy world as that sort of, collector focus has started to come in more to big toy companies. It's not an unheard of thing. You know, the crowdfunding thing, this isn't a new concept for anybody that's been kind of aware of, of toys for a long time from Mattel, from Hasbro, from all kinds of companies. But I think uh, a lot of wrestling fans that weren't necessarily figure fans are sitting there going, well, I know that like small companies need a Kickstarter, but why on earth? would Mattel, one of the biggest companies in the world, who's partnering with WWE, another one of the biggest companies in the world, why would that combination need a crowdfunding website? I mean, that's a, that's a great question um, because in the past, we were used to having large play sets and you know, scale rings um, at retail, but those are in the Toys R Us days. Like we don't have Toys R Us anymore. Uh, there's limited retail shelf space and planogram space. Um, and it makes it really hard for these like larger, especially collector focused, expensive items, you know, to make it out there. Um, so really when you're, when you're crowdfunding something, kickstarting, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, the consumer then 
takes the place of the retailer in a way, right? So, you know, when you develop an item for retail, it's like you, you develop it, you show them preliminary, you talk to them about it, and you, you sell them in on it, right? And they buy in basically, and they place their demands and say, I want X amount of units. This is gonna be on shelf in, in fall of 2023, I'm in, right? Now we're gonna have the consumer do that in, instead, right? Something this large is not gonna live at retail. You know, like I said, there's only so much planogram space. So now it, it's, it's, you know, it's in the hands of, of collectors to say, hey, we want this item. We're gonna place X amount of demands on this item and you can go forward with it. Right. So so before the era of crowdfunding, right? And when there was Toys R Us and 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 more spots for you to put things, would let's say you could get a playset like this in retail, which I feel like even even Toys R Us era, I mean, this is such a, a specialized item, you know that it it, it 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 who knows. But do you have the retail partner already on board before you go into production or do you go we're going to build a new generation arena and you know we're fine we're Mattel we'll we'll make 10,000 of them and and some store will buy them you want the retail partner on board at least in some way right you're going to want some sort of commitment or interest from them um I, in my time, and you know, I've, I've only been in the business for about four years, you know, mm-hmm. at Mattel, but I've never seen someone just say, ah, just go for it and produce them and we'll hope for the best. Like, it, it's too much of a risk, right? It has to live somewhere. Um, so we're not just going to produce something and just like try to figure it out later. Like, that's why some of these lead times are so far in advance, in addition to all the development and tooling and, and factory time and all that stuff. Um, it's like, you know, it's the sales aspect of it, finding a home for it, like all this stuff, like coming into play along with developing, developing the item. So um, when we, well, okay, let me give you another good example. There's, there's an account, uh, I think it's called Unreleased Wrestling Figures, right? Yeah. Um, and it's got all kinds of cool, wacky prototypes, weird stuff. Um, most likely those items, you know, unless it was like, you know, someone left the company or something like that and you have, you have to yank it. But if it's just like a weird line or something or a weird execution, um, maybe there was not enough retailer interest. You know, they showed it at a toy fair, you know, John at ringside or somebody else took some photos and shared and tried to drum up some interest. But at, at the end of the day, there wasn't enough interest to warrant going into full production you know, on an item or even full tooling, you know, and make that investment to make those lines go forward. Which is really interesting because so many of those items, like you look at and you're like, oh, imagine if we'd gotten that or that would have been so cool to get. But it's like, we're not the ones making the decisions. It's the retailers that are like, no, I have this limited amount of, of shelf space and we're trying to hit we're, we're trying to hit the widest net humanly possible. Right. Exactly. They want to maximize the productivity of that shelf space, you know, so they want stuff that's going to be able to come in and out quickly. And if they're like, "Uh, you know, my spidey sense is tingling and this might move slower for me. Um, Or historically, we've had similar items and other brands or, you know, whatever their reasoning is, uh, maybe they, they, you know, get a little shy and and, and move away from it. So when you're developing this arena, I think that one of the, one of the things, first of all, so I watched the video that's at uh, Mattel Creations of the whole thing. And I think, and I know that, you know, I, I look at this stuff so closely and I don't think that even I'm gauging somebody who's as enthusiastic about this project as anybody could be, how big the entranceway is. Like I had this thing, like I was watching like when the sort of the animated uh, diesel figure came out through it 
And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then real quick, I just did some math. And I'm like, well, the figure's got to be, you know, whatever it is, six and a half, seven inches tall. It's an ultimate. And I'm like, it's it's not even, like, I don't see the top of the entranceway when it comes through. How How big physically is this new generation entranceway that you guys are doing? It's really massive. Uh, you have to think like Diesel was a seven footer, right? Right. So that figure is over seven inches tall because, you know, WWE is is uh, uh, kind of out there on, on e-com or whatever as a six inch scale line, but it's, it's more. It's more of a seven inch scale line. Mm-hmm. So Diesel's significantly larger than that. Um, and you can see on the photos and whatnot that that thing kind of even towers over him. Um, I don't have the dimensions. Obviously, it's in development and it may just like, you know, grow or shrink just a, a tiny bit. Uh, so I think that's why we haven't released like exact details of that because that was just a 3D printed prototype, right? Wow. So it's not even tooled. So before before we want to announce like real dimensions, uh, we want to make sure that, that that's a- accurate information. But long story short, it's massive. Diesel is already huge, and that thing completely towers over him. So, yeah, I think that's another thing that people might be a little confused about. Like, I, I was literally having a conversation with somebody today. So the way it works right now, and we're going to get to the, the Macho Madness announcers pack uh, in a minute, because I think you blew a lot of people's minds, uh, yesterday morning, like when I woke up and I just started seeing this stuff and I'm like, wait, and I had to go, like, I went and found the, the, the major wrestling figure podcast interview that you did so I could get all the details on this. Cause I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm reading what I'm reading. Right. So I, I, I can't wait to get into that, but the, so the, the way it works is this thing only gets produced if there's 5,000 backers at 5,000 backers. You'll get the ring, which again we're gonna talk about in a second. You'll get this massive entranceway that that is the WrestleMania eight neon lights entranceway. You'll get the ultimate edition diesel figure and the Macho Madness uh, announcing pack. So that's what you get at five thousand backers. At seven thousand backers, if it gets that high up, and I I really hope it does because this is like yes, fingers uh, crossed. Oh, <laughs> uh, is is the Doink ultimate edition figure that's getting thrown in? And then at 8,000, it's ring skirts for both WrestleMania and for In Your House. So I was having a conversation with somebody today, and, and we're both like, okay, I would hope that with this Macho Madness pack that enough people are like, okay, now, now the value, if I was questioning the value before, I feel like the value is there. It's two figures. It's the accessory set. It's the entranceway. It's the ring. It's everything. And then my buddy goes, yeah, and you know what? I mean... They've gone so far with the doink figure. I'm sure it'll come out eventually anyway. And I told him, in my opinion, probably not. Like, that will probably end up on that Instagram site because for a couple of reasons. Number one, doink doesn't exactly fit into the ultimate line as the ultimate line stands now. But also, number two, what tipped me off to that was you just now saying that that entranceway was a 3D-printed prototype which means i think that these items are a lot less farther along than anybody realizes meaning that they won't like that they're you haven't gone through the expensive steps yet because the project hasn't been backed correct correct um hey granted it, it costs money uh, our time our effort 
uh, you know, the, the, the creative people who, who created those prototypes, the budget for the videos that we've done and all that stuff. So there's an investment, yeah. but the big, the big money comes when you got to tool something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hasn't happened yet. Like Doink and Diesel, the ring, the entrance, those are all 3D printed, hand painted prototypes that when we were filming could barely hold together because you know if you ever go to like these conventions where you see early looks at things they're standing all janky and not like really posed well it's because they're barely (laughs) held together you You know like you can still you can see the hot glue residue on it from the hot glue gun that somebody brought with them in case it falls apart right right so you know i mean you know doink to your point um he's he's beloved you know especially the earlier version uh when he was super you know evil and sinister um but he, he's not a great fit for that ultimate edition line. You know, it's like ultimate edition figures are more of those like, you know, talents that completely transcend the business, like your Jeff Hardy's and rocks and John Cena's and Hulk Hogan's, you know, so it, th- that doink figure, like he's not going to come right unless we get to that 7k as an ultimate edition, you know, can I say we'll never do a doink ever again in the history of wrestling figures? <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't say that. Right. right. But, but we're not going to get a doink ultimate if this one doesn't go through. That's wild, man. That is that is wild, especially when you go like, yeah, these are you did a lot with the early stages. So also, you know, the fine tuning in the details, for instance, on Diesel, like we're going to see a much more fine tuned, detailed figure once this thing hits its 5000 and it goes into production and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's going to look a lot better and crisper you can still see like the pins in the shoulders and there's like gray at the at the seams um true effects slash dij is going to be applied to their facial uh deco um so you know as we progress and show the progress of this because it will be backed um (laughs) yeah well progress (laughs) and and show progress you'll see like step by step like these things getting better and better until we get to final product and hopefully you know at that point you'll all just be blown away at at how amazing everything really looks there's going to even from the the point where we first started filming and shooting that that entrance yeah. um as we progressed to the the final videos and everything the lights got brighter and brighter and more vivid and and really just like lit up the entire thing so even in that small window of time there were huge improvements there's going to be so much fomo on this thing like when the progression pictures start coming out and people are like oh can i jump on now and it's like Dude, that's the whole yeah. that the whole point of these things is that that's part of the value of those of us that back it early, right? Is that you can't just okay, well now that we've produced it, we can open it up to everybody because then the next time you come out with something, how do you motivate people to get in early, right? Right, right. And I I think, you know, that that's a great point because there is some confusion of of the crowdfund uh thinking that People are paying just to have it made, but you're getting it. It's a pre-order basically, right? Think of it as a pre-order, a a built-to-order pre-order. However many backers we get after 5K, that's what we're going to make. And that's it. It's not going to go to retail. We're not getting backers so we can release this, you know, at a retailer, even though that's impossible anyway, because of shelf space. But like, you know, this is it. Like, this is your chance to order and it's done after this. So it's imperative that, you know, if you're interested and I get if it's not for you and I get if it's too expensive, that's all fine. Uh, but if you're interested, like now's the time to to jump on it. I mean, look, here's what I'm seeing. And you probably don't want to concentrate too much on this aspect of it, but it is true. Like if luckily I do have 
$250 that I can blow on wrestling toys? I don't think my wife would agree, but you know, I can, we can, we can get to that conversation later. But what I'm telling her is look, and I'm going on eBay and I'm showing her what happens to a lot of these upper scale rings after they are no longer produced. And I'm going and I'm showing her specifically the ultimate edition figures. And I'm sitting here going like, this is what I'm counting. If this Macho Man figure gets produced, right? Because this isn't even for everybody that orders the ring. This is if you order the ring right now, you get the Macho Man figure, but it's only going to be around for a week. So there could yep. be whatever, hopefully 5,000 plus of this figure come out. But who knows how many will come out in the end of the day. It's going to be one of those really rare Mattel items. Like I, I truly believe that the resale on all of this stuff is going to be through the roof. I mean, let's, let's look at the facts. We know there's tons of different types of collectors, right? Some people like, they just like to collect for the sake of collecting. They like displaying. Some people like photography. Some people want to play. Uh, some people want to collect because of value, you know, and some people want to flip. That's the reality, right? Sure. Um, I mean, it does check the box for, for value for sure, because look at the marketplace right now. Like things are going up in value almost immediately. You know what I mean? The second they're, they're gone from retail, skyrocket in value on the secondary market, um, which I mean is, you know, contributes to, to why, you know, our line and so many other lines are, are successful at the moment. Like people are jumping on board because, you know, collecting is hot at the moment. So with these figures being at 5,000, 7,000, whatever we net out in the end. I mean, they are going to be on the rarer side of things. And you, and once again, I'm not like condoning, like flipping or trying to make a profit necessarily, but you know, that's, that's the reality of the hobby. Um, and these definitely, you know, I can't see them not going up in value uh, probably the second the campaign ends, if it's funded. Yeah. And I think the beauty of it too, for me as a collector specifically is that like, Usually, like the Sergeant Slaughter thing, right? It went so fast. There's so many people that wanted a, an ultimate Sergeant Slaughter for Comic-Con that didn't get one just because everybody jumped on. Like, it, it, it worked. It was functional. But in two minutes, they were just all gone. This is one of those few opportunities where it's like, I mean, you don't... Flipping them is not such a negative thing because everybody has the chance to get one, right? Everybody right now over the course of the next month or whatever has the chance to get one. So it's like, if, if they're getting flipped later, it's almost like, well, this isn't one of those things where you missed out or, or, or with sneakers, like I'm a big sneaker collector, but it drives me crazy because everybody gets on with their bots and like eats everything up to the point where it's not fun. This is one of those things where it's actually fun because you can get it now and know that like, yeah, you could have gotten it, but you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's, you know, it's a pr pretty cool aspect of this. Um, it, it, it gives everybody a chance you have about a month, you know, to make your mind up and, and, and jump in on it. And like I said, I get I get if it's not for you or whatever, and that's okay. But you know, at the end of the day, like if people want opportunities to, to buy in and have a chance and made to order and you know, all these these requests that are coming our way, this is the perfect testing ground for something like that. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, like, some people... Some people thought it was like, what? How is this even necessary? I thought it was awesome. Like one of the things that sold me on this ring was the little detail that Bill put in of putting the, the you know, the, the two by fours down, the planks of wood down yeah. under the canvas. And it really is like, and I think you use some of the photography to, to showcase it, but it, it's clearly like we've seen that on WWE TV. We saw Gargano and Champa use that when they pulled up the, the, the canvas and everything. And, and, but 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 looking at it and seeing the 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 wooden planks that are laid down before the canvas, seeing that the under the ring apron actually looks like a ring frame this time instead of just something that is kind of meant to be like okay yeah yeah you're gonna put the ring skirt over this anyway is so cool. Um, do you know how many pieces the bottom layer of the ring is actually gonna be? I can't imagine it's actually like each individual two by four is gonna be a separate piece. <sighs> No, no, no. I think it's three pieces total okay. uh, making up the base. We want it to be secure also, right? Of course, yeah. Um, because obviously people will display, people will do toy photography, and people will play, and they're going to want to throw figures into it, you know? Um, so it, it's got to be durable. It's got to pass safety testing. So there's three three uh, separate pieces as of right now, right? That could change. But three separate pieces making up that, that base. Um, and I mean, you know, uh, you did bring up it'll be covered up, uh, mm -hmm. but for toy photographers, which we all know is huge. Like think about the possibilities there of like Terry Funk ripping that mat off and, and trying to pile drive JYD on, on the wood planks or, you know, someone trying to ram their opponent's head into the, the exposed steel uh, surrounding the ring. So it's like, you have so many more possibilities with those added details that go beyond just the thought of like, well, it's covered up and it's going to sit there, you know? Yeah, especially because the canvas and the ring aprons are two separate pieces. Like we've seen the rings done where the aprons and the canvas are kind of one piece that drapes over. But like you could theoretically go full GCW and just have no aprons at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally, too, totally true, yeah, yeah. No pizza cutters, though. No, 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 that's probably a bad idea. Um, So when... Was that was this all Bill's idea? Like the actual when the idea was presented that what if the ring construction on this toy was the construction of a ring? Was it like a immediate like, yes, this is a home run or was it like this is it because it, it's weird. It's, it hasn't been done before. I mean, the ideas of, of the details and the wood planks, that was all Bill. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, so I, I, it was it was genius. It's never been done before. Um, and it's just visually so cool. So, you know, kudos to him for, for the idea. Because 
honestly, you know, you, you could have just done a straightforward, you know, uh, just rescale what we did before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because we wanted to, to fix the scale of the ring, obviously, um, and just go with it that way. But he, he went the extra mile with all these extra details. If we're tooling up new parts anyway, why not make them as cool as possible? With the entranceway that lights up and everything, you guys, we said it at Comic-Con, the most LED ever put into anything Mattel has ever done. Um, is this, is this a deal where it's going to be, uh, like an on switch and off switch, like you turn it on and that's the pattern or is there more to it there? It's, it's battery powered. First of all, cause I have seen that question come up a lot. So it's replaceable. Someone asked me once it dies, is it done forever? So no, <laughs> oh, that you, can replace... <laughs> you can't plug it in. It's just like <laughs> right, right. sealed in batteries, like an iPhone, <laughs> but no charger. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is battery powered. And, um, are we talking double A's? Off- I believe double A's. Okay. I, that was the goal, smaller. We, we, we didn't want like, you know, D batteries in there or anything. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's for double A. Like okay. I said, that could change. They're still in development. Um, but uh, most most LEDs ever, well over 20. Don't know the exact number, but but it's a lot. Um, and then there's an on and off switch mm. and there's a, a button to toggle through various like light <laughs> that's, cycles, right? That's what so I was there's some of them that are straight out of content. Um, and some all new. So you have a bunch of them because, you know, it used to flash and strobe uh, to everyone's various entrance themes or just completely just stay on. So that's an option as well. Once again, great for toy photography, all the lights on at once. Um, so tons of options there. Or even for play, right? Like, I mean, as a kid, I totally, I was so detail oriented as a kid. I absolutely would have toggled to whatever the, you know, lighting pattern was for the entrance and then toggle back to the solid because they're not going to leave the lighting pattern on while the match is happening, right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. Uh, and I know I'm already, as soon as I get one myself, I'm going to be, you know, cycling through classic theme songs while watching the light patterns, you know, flash off. Yeah, that's going to, I mean, you know, everybody's just going to have their iPhones like right next to it, getting ready to play everything as they go. That's so, it's so fun. So, okay, so the curtain, let's get it, let's get into the details. Like, yes, is it, because I'm trying to think, like, it must be, it's so big and you have to hold everything up. Does the curtain go all the way through or is there a hard back to it? And then, and then, and then, cause I've seen, I see that there's a fabric curtain in the front. Does that curtain go all the way through to the back or, or is there a hard backing to it? There's no hard back. So um, we actually tried to do some, uh, some footage of, of the figures coming through the curtain, but since they were prototypes, they were falling apart. So I was, I was trying, I was the hand model during that shoot and I was trying to push them through and, and get a little action, like, you know, shaking around or whatever, when they come through just to demonstrate the curtain. Yeah. And it's like the, the head would fall off and the arm would, arms would fall off. So the, you know, you can just push your figure right through. It's two separate curtain pieces. So you can come through right this, the center of the curtain. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a really nice quality material. Um, Look, not knocking rings of the past at all, right? Sure. You got to hit cost, make it work for retail, but this is a step above. And that's the beauty of the crowdfunding thing is you can, you don't have to make concessions, you know, for, for retail or for size or for, you know, cost. Like you just build that into whatever you need to charge, right? So we're able to plus up even the fabric on the ring skirts, the ring apron, the turnbuckles, and these curtains here on the entrance. So, I mean, you know, all I'm going to want to do is like build a gorilla position behind where this entranceway is hopefully at some point you guys put a brother love figure or something out there that i can sit right there in gorilla (sighs) position as as you know as 1980s vince mcmahon is sitting out there with macho man doing the commentary oh my god i wish i wish someday someday (laughs) absolutely so okay this is the mind-blowing thing yesterday this announcement comes out 
that the Macho Madness announcer pack is now going to be included. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I, I read it a couple of different ways. I'm sitting there on Instagram going like, no way, no way. First, I was like, I'm assuming this is with the 8,000 backers. And you're like, nope, it's 5,000 backers. And I'm like, oh my God. And then, and I swear this is how I read it. You're talking about like the accessories that are going to come with Macho Man. And I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. They're going to just include the jacket and you can put it on your current Ultimate Edition Macho Man. And then it was like, no, no, no. It's a whole, it's, it's an entirely new figure that is coming with this thing. So now at 5,000 backers, you're getting two Ultimate Edition figures. So this, this Macho Man figure, firstly, well, let's get into the accessory pack first because we'll probably want to spend more time with Macho Man. So the accessory pack is really cool. It's the table with the blue tablecloth over it. So you can put it right there at ringside. It's got two of the old school boxy monitors. It's got two microphones, which I looked and I love the detail. It's the new generation logo on the microphone with the yellow WWE yep. and the blue box. Yep, which slanted. Is, yes, and the slanted, yeah. Uh, two blue chairs, which I heard you say is the first time you guys have ever done blue chairs. And we all know, you know, in the early 90s, for whatever reason, the market was cornered. It was, every steel chair was blue. It was only blue. Um, and then, of course, the one headset. We'll, we'll get into why there's only one headset. Um, but, yeah, so I think that this is really cool because now, and that was another criticism that people had, was uh, what's well, not an arena. It's a ring in an entranceway. I feel like now that we've got a, a table at ringside and we've got chairs and everything, this that really does transfer it into a full kind of arena set, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the idea of of that portion of the set. Like, this is the new generation arena. What can we add to this that is just going to make it even more of an arena and add to what we're already doing? And, you know, one of the natural thoughts would be the complete announcer set up from that time. You know, so it's like those chairs, as you said, synonymous with with 80s and 90s WWE. And I can't believe we haven't done them yet, but I guess <laughs> it works out now. Right. Um, the headset is also that was supposed to come with the uh, Gorilla Monsoon figure. If you remember, ah. we pulled Gorilla in early and didn't have time to tool it. Um, so the headset got nicked. So here we are including it here finally. And then, of course, you get the, you know, the, the monitors and the, the tablecloth and everything else um, and not included in this set. But good timing, the WrestleMania Build-A-Figure is going to be Vince McMahon in a tuxedo and a bow tie. So it's perfect. So you can have your Vince when that set comes out, and you can add it to, to Macho Man at the announcer table here. That's so funny, because I'm going to tell you the truth. And I wasn't going to mention it to you, because I'm like, I don't, want it, I don't want this to be negative. But like, I was like, okay. so Because I got my 80s Vince, right, that you guys did, that came with the uh, special interview box, you know. And I was like, okay, so that's who I'll put with Macho Man. But in my head, I was like, that version of Vince is not the one that that did commentary with Macho Man. It was the, and now I remember the tuxedo Vince. Yep, is going to be yep. the. So, I, for, I totally forgot. That's going to be perfect. That figures technically WrestleMania three, right? But the tux lived on. Right? Absolutely, you got yeah. a lot of wear out of that tux. It was not a rental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just he just had the one. I heard. Yeah, that was it. The he entire just time. <laughs> kept finding reasons to use it yeah i mean he would do there were episodes of raw where he would be in a tux it was perfect it was, uh, and i'm sorry mr mcmahon mr it's a mr mcmahon character yes yes <laughs> yes um yeah that's perfect 
So then Macho Man gets added to this thing, which is great because there hasn't really been... Commentary was such a big part of the end of Macho Man's career in WWE. And even most of the good guys, secondary good guy run, you know, the whole reinstate Macho Man happened behind the commentary booth. Like there's, there's so much. And I think that anybody that grew up in that era remembers Macho Man and his, what he was doing as a color commentator. He was on everything. Um, I, what I flipped out. So I go, okay, WrestleMania 10 is a great choice. That's the, that's the attire that he's going to be in the black and the silver, which is like so intricate and decadent. As, a, as, as an attire choice for Macho Man. I love it. The soft goods jacket, which, you know, I can't get enough of that. I, I was, I flipped out for the Ultimate Edition Macho Man that you guys did with, with the soft goods jacket, with the white and the green streamers and everything. Um, and the, don't forget the uh, way back when, the Defining Moments soft goods jacket from WrestleMania 7, which is an absolute classic. So now we've got WrestleMania 7. We've got WrestleMania 8, no jacket, but we've got the WrestleMania 8 version. We're going to have WrestleMania 10 now. We don't have the macho toga yet, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Um, but the thing that I thought was really cool was, since it's the Ultimate Edition line, you could do more accessories. And this Macho Man not only comes with a cowboy hat that's removable, but he comes with a second cowboy hat that has a headset sculpted so that it's under the cowboy hat so he can wear his hat with his headset the way he would when he would do his on cams. Yeah, I think that was one of the super memorable things visually about Randy when he was was doing commentaries, how he wore that headset, right? Right. Um, he just had to like, you know, rig it up, like, you know, getting out of the way of the hat. So so Bill's going to have it sculpted that way. Um, and it, it's just perfect. So you kind of get your two-in-one Macho Man. Yeah. You get announcer Macho Man with the headset and you get his final WrestleMania appearance, which I mean, historically is like, holy smokes, you know? And his career lived on for years after that. But I mean... I mean, as a WWE guy, um, like it doesn't get better than than WrestleMania and more important than WrestleMania. So Randy, his final WrestleMania appearance, the gear is off the charts. I thought we could never afford it, period. But this being its own weird anomaly item, like yeah. like this was the spot to, to get it in. Plus, since there's two cowboy hats, if you want to make the Repo Man steal his cowboy hat, but not the headset, you just put him in the regular cowboy hat and the Repo Man can get it. There you go. You can use your J Jack's Repo Man to recreate that. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be like super muscular, and you're like, "Why is Repo Man so big?" Um, right. <laughs> so when did you like? What's been amazing about this campaign, and like, this has nothing to do with WWE Mattel. I've worked for uh, many different companies, and doing things in big companies, it's really hard to get stuff done in general. There's just a lot of moving pieces to everything that big companies do. It's every everything. So I've kind of been amazed at the uh, motion that this crowdfunding campaign has had. You know, I, I think that when it first came out and there were people that were like, I don't understand why you have to take the money up front. That's unappealing to me. And you guys answered it with like, cool. We, we you know, we didn't even, it, it was an oversight. We're not taking the money up front anymore. It's, there's there's going to be a hole put on the card and, and we're moving in that direction. Now people are like, it's not an it doesn't feel like an arena and it doesn't feel like we're getting our value. You're like, all right, how about this? How does more product sound to you? How about we leave it exactly the same, but you get more product? Um, the credit card thing I could see. The more product theme thing seems like impossible to get done, to tell you the truth. How, how and when 
did the whole Macho Man commentary pack come into play? Well, I mean, going back, we we had ideas. Macho Man wasn't an idea originally, uh, but we had some ideas in case like out of the gate, you know, first weekend. Oh, my gosh, we sold 10,000 units, 20,000 units. Hurry, we got to do something right. Uh -huh. um, so so we had some some, you know, things ideated that we could could move on, um, you know, but here with Macho Man. And let me just say this as well. Everybody involved in this project wants it to work. You know, we want it to work. We want to, to deliver to the consumer's expectations here, which is why you're seeing like little, you know, changes here and there, like with the payment and with the addition of this here. Um, so, you know, as, as we were seeing the early reads on this, it was slow, you know, it was slow out of the gate. Um, so we wanted to see like what we could do um, to, you know, incentivize people who were on the fence to buy in. Um, and, you know, one of the comments was, was the value, the, the, the price value, uh, perception of the item, like just wasn't there. Um, and you know, it, the, the financials and the cost, the 250 for what you were originally getting, it's all accurate. Like that's what we need to do to make, um, the item profitable. So you might think, how are you adding more to it then? Right. So what we did, is, what we did is took some of that marketing money and we're investing that in, uh, this early bird bundle. And that way, instead of spending money, you know, on, on social media ads, which we still will just maybe a little bit less, right. Or various other things. Um, we're putting that into a product that is really going to give back to the consumer who is supporting this from the, spreading the word, because that's, what's so important with, with these is like the community, us as a community, all talking about it, spreading the word, being positive and encouraging, not bullying, because I am seeing that too. Please don't bully. <laughs> yeah. um, but like well, people, you know, people want it. And it, I have seen right. that too. And it's like, like, look, there's <laughs> plenty of figure collectors that just don't have $250 sitting around to spend on toys. Like you have to understand that's a thing. That's why this is a limited edition thing, because it's not for everybody. Like, and it's, I'm sure you guys appreciate the enthusiasm and that, People are so so passionately want to get this made, but yeah, yeah like I've, there has been some. Well, no, if you don't back this, I'm not your friend. It's not going to happen. It's like I don't know if you've seen uh, uh the I think you should leave the the sketch comedy show no. on Netflix. Watch it because there's an episode uh, where in one of the sketches he's just going, "You gotta give if you're gonna use it. You gotta give." And now every time. <laughs> Like every time I feel like I'm talking about this, anytime I feel like anybody who like really wants this to get made is talking about this, I feel like we're turning into that guy that's like, no, if you like wrestling figures, you gotta give. <laughs> yeah, please no door to door, you know, knocking yeah. and, and bullying and, and you know, uh, aggressiveness. Uh, ex also, accept, accept the positivity and that people are trying to spread the word. You know, if you see people posting about it, they're just trying to make something happen. And if it's not for you, just keep on going. You know, like that's right. okay. It, it's fine. Um, but, you know, like I said, we put the, we put the, the marketing money into an extra portion of the product for you guys. So, so that, you know, the people who are really supporting early, spreading the word, get rewarded and continue to do so. And hopefully that, you know, gets people off the fence and say, Hey, you know what? I see the value now, even if we don't get to seven, we are going to get to seven. But even if we don't get to seven K, like I yeah. got my money's worth. Yeah. It's a sick value. Even if, if you sell exactly 5,000, it's still a ridiculous value. 
now when we get to 7,000, it's it's literally become you're getting a free Ultimate Edition doing figure, right? Because like the value is there already. So now everything else is just complete icing on the cake. Oh, and what what great icing on the cake that figure oh. you know obviously i have a, a hand in it right bill designed it but you know it's it's my project overall like i'm in love with that figure like new parts you know a new you know new bigger head. belly to represent doink from the time oh. new heads with expressions you know the one original head and two new heads um three different hairstyles so you get kind of like the fro and the hair hanging down and another one um the hammer hasn't been done before he gets the hammer from those old promo photos um and the jacket which is insanely detailed like you know there's one fabric on the outside and a separate checkered pattern on the inside um super super cool <laughs> and i know i mean i I love those details i dressed up for doink as halloween probably in 94 and i was so and my mom made all my costumes so it's like you got to make me the jacket like it has to be the jacket and i was of course the artistic uh, approval on every element that she did and my poor mother she sat there and she made the jacket with the tails and everything and she made the fabric flower. And then I was like, well, we got to have the inside of it. Like the inside is different. <laughs> so my mom gets a white fabric and she makes the whole inside of the jacket. And then she draws the checks on it. Oh. And I swear, her and I sat there with fabric markers coloring in the checks. And I'm sitting there looking. This is how neurotic I was. I'm sitting there looking at photos of Doink as a kid making sure that the check pattern is the same wow. one as, as doink. So like when I saw that and I saw the check pattern there, everything just comes rushing back. And I'm like, how do you not support this level of detail for something that, that, you know, I think that if you weren't like a true wrestling fan, which I'm really happy. A lot of you guys at Mattel are, you wouldn't even think to do it. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I think, People come and go and, and, you know, some people get into various jobs because, you know, they're good at certain aspects of it. So you don't always get super fans, right? Um, everyone who comes on board does fall in love in some way with the business. But, I mean, we're blessed at this very moment that there are several super fans, lifelong super fans. Rob, me, Bill McKenna, Bill Benicky, our design manager. Uh, our packaging team, I think they're in the shadows and don't want to be mentioned by full name, so I won't mention them. But, they're, they're, you know, they're, there's so many on the team who, like, really love WWE uh, very deeply. Um, and you, you're seeing that reflected in, in, you know, what's coming out and obviously specifically, you know, this figure and this offering. So we saw the goon at Comic-Con, which I, I mean, <laughs> I think that I, I feel like that was the biggest reaction that I had. I, I couldn't I seriously could not wrap my head around it. Um do you feel like if this does really well, which I think it will, that you will see, will see more kind of of those new gen like we'll see that new generation focus start to pop up in the line? I mean, well, we already have a new gen Sean coming uh, at Amazon in the the fan takeover ultimate edition yes. line. So that's another like happy timing thing, you know. Like you'll have a Sean to go to go with this if you don't have one already. Goon is coming. Um, we're going to keep sprinkling those characters in from new gen and other other uh time periods because i think i think one of the the good things going about our line right now is we try to sprinkle in a little bit of something for everybody you know because we know that you know there's various types of fans some people just like attitude era or mm -hmm. ruthless aggression or new gen or golden so you want a little bit of everything so that you know at least throughout the year you're you're all getting something that you really love
And, you know, it's nice that I finally will have a spot to put my Heartbreak Hotel set. Right? Exactly. Like, you're, you're finally right? going to have a, a proper display for it. Um, so speaking of Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression and stuff, of course, as soon as this got announced, there were people that were like, oh, I wanted this stage. I wanted that stage. I wanted the SmackDown Fist or the, I mean, you know, for me, somebody asked me, what, what's the next kind of crowdfund, ridiculous Ultimate Edition playset? And like, I feel like I want this to be super successful so that you guys can go to your bosses and say like, okay, next we're going to put out the enormous, gigantic, raw 97 Titan Tron with the ridiculous tall stage that we never really got a version of because it was too enormous, right? Um, if this doesn't, if this weren't to be as successful as as we hoped, but I doubt that that's going to happen, but if it weren't, is that going to make it difficult to continue projects like this? It does make it a little bit more difficult because this project's success uh just makes a great business case that this type of consumer wants this type of item, wants a higher price point, larger style uh, offering, playset. It's for collectors, but it's a playset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that they want something like this. So it sends a clear message um, that that this is something that you know we need to deliver for these these consumers. If it doesn't, it makes that difficult. Does it make it impossible? It doesn't make it impossible, mm-hmm. but you know it's harder to make the case, you know, you present these things to management and you say, you know, this is why it's going to be successful. These are the numbers. This is the reasoning why, you know, we think it can hit these numbers and why there's interest, but you know, everyone's eyes are on this and, you know, people are watching intently and paying attention to comments and, and, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, So if it doesn't work out um, it's going to be, that much more difficult to make the case for for more and different and and bigger um if you if we can't get a 250 dollar set to, and i'm just being honest right now yeah if we can't get a 250 dollar set to work you know it just becomes difficult to say well you know this stage is is three times the size and it's going to be 500 dollars or 600 dollars. it's like how, how can you really go in there with with a strong case with, with with facts like that and i get the whole you know uh different generations thing and and you know attitude era and, and i get up the popularity of different errors and whatnot but if you're just talking about like you know price point like a lot of those things are just going to get more expensive right because they're physically bigger i mean it just takes more to to build them and like leds are one thing but like you have to somehow figure out okay there's a giant video screen on this is it going to have video is it not like how does that work do you plug your whatever so okay now i do want to say one more thing about all this yeah please do uh uh, you know the the bundle you know the bundle is a ring and and figures and and the entrance um we're not always going to go to the ring well we might not ever go to the ring well ever again, right? You have a ring here already. If this goes through, we're not going to force a ring every time there's an execution like this. I just want that out there because I feel like, you know, that is something like people are going to think we're going to force them to buy a ring every single time. And I don't want to do that. You know, like I, I hear you. People, people have some various rings already from different companies or whatever. And to me, you get this one. This is the last ring you should ever need, right? Like this yeah. version of the ring. Um, and, you know, if if we get to some sort of hell in the cell or, you know, elimination chamber or whatever, I want to make that easy. And maybe you just hypothetical, all hypothetical, but maybe you just get the ring skirts and the, the black posts uh, and you could just convert, you know, this ring into that. I don't want to force people to have to get like 
the same version of a ring over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you guys were to do a Titantron or something like that, all you'd need to hit me with is a couple extra red ropes and some raw ring skirts, and, like, we've got the frame here. Like, there's yep. no reason to have 10 rings, especially because who can display 10 rings? Like, you can't, you can't realistically do that. I think that's good. I think that that's... Uh, I think that that's smart, and it it's also it's a load off probably to some people who are worried I'm going to get stuck with ten rings. But also, you know what happens if a Titantron comes out and you're like, oh man, I really wish I had a ring to go with that. Well, guess what? <laughs> you should have. You should you should have jumped on this. Um, now that conversations like this are happening amongst you guys and 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 in development at Mattel, has anyone ever brought up a conversation about putting out? a funeral parlor set with a Paul Bear and an Undertaker. And maybe if it goes past a certain limit, it comes with an ultimate warrior that's locked inside an ultimate warrior casket. I'm just asking, has the conversation come up? I don't think we got that deep, uh, <laughs> but I can say we have talked about every uh, interview set possible awesome like they've all come up every single one of them flower shop included not that we have Adrian Adonis, but we, we've talked about them all. So that is a way to go smaller, right? If yeah. you could do something smaller, like a funeral parlor or a Piper's pit or something. Uh, I know I said in various other interviews uh, and on social media, like we probably wouldn't do a strictly figure offering, but that is a good way to, to get down the price point a little bit. Um, if we, if we don't want to go with a, a larger entrance stage uh, type of execution next time. And you talked about the packaging a little bit on the majors podcast too, which I was like, I was really happy that they asked you and uh, and and really happy with what you said that that the figures themselves, the Macho Man figure, the Diesel figure, when we get to 7000, the Doink figure, those will come in, which I can see behind you. You have all the ultimate editions yep. behind you. Those come in individual standard what we see in retail ultimate edition packages, each one. Yeah, yeah. Randy. Wow. We'll have uh, the old style, which was a little bit thicker um, to accommodate all those extra accessories. Uh -huh. um, and then Diesel and Doink will have the newer, you know, 2021 style, slightly thinner packaging. But they all line up perfectly on your shelf, you know, bookend style. You could face some forward like I do, uh, but they fit in perfectly. So it's like that's such a huge thing, at least for me, for the type of collector that I am. Like it's so important to have them in package and the beauty of ultimate edition packaging is you can just open it up, take the figures out, do your thing and put them right back and they're pristine still. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I think that that is going to leave some people with that tough choice now, right? Am I going to open this up or am I going to leave it loose? Like, I, I think that's cool. I also think it's cool that this is one of those things where packaging is extra, right? Like packaging traditionally has been, how are we going to catch people's eyes that are walking through an aisle? So they buy our thing. Like the idea that it's already paid for, the packaging is just extra. I think that's really cool. So there is, so is there going to be an emphasis on how the ring itself is packaged or do you think it'll just, the, the ring and, and maybe the accessory set will just be in like a brown mailing box? I think there's going to be an outer shipper for it to just protect it, yeah. but it will have a nice box with, with graphics and everything with That's theme awesome. to new generation. Um, obviously very early. Right. And, yeah. and they're not going to dive all in with development on that until this gets backed. But, you know, I've already seen uh, how everything will nest 
together. It's like you have an ultimate edition figure, another ultimate edition figure, uh, your, your entrance stage here, that's one level. You move that and at the <laughs> bottom of the box, you have all your ring pieces. So if you don't have the space, you can pull it apart and put it in the box and the box will just stand upright and stick it in the corner. So it, it's really like the whole box is, is essentially ultimate edition style to where you can just easily take it in and out of the box and save the box and um, save space, pull it out when you have guests over and you want to wow them with your <laughs> WWE nerdiness. Which I do. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. So that's crazy. So the it's, it's almost like one of those old, like when Jax would do those like enormous Toys R Us, like 10 packs with the ring, like just huge. So it's going to have the ultimate edition boxes will be inside of a bigger box that's going to house everything yep that's yep. wild that is yep. nuts that's crazy that's so cool uh, we we have you know like i said we want to appeal to every type of collector with a lot of these collector items and some people will open it up and throw the box away that's fine easy right but yeah. for the people who have space limitations or just want to do photography and it's like they're on a wrestling kick and they have their one week where they're doing wrestling shots all week and then they move on to you know something else jurassic they could put it back in the box and, and just shove it aside and you know takes up minimal space that way yeah yeah and you that's so crazy so will stuff like the and and obviously the commentary table and everything will be in there too right or will uh, that's, that be separate? that's gonna be that's separate it's just gonna come in a in a box with randy uh, and that'll be in a shipper and that'll come with it on the outside so a little bit, bit more of a uh, packaging thing there for randy uh but since that's not coming in every single set that'll be a separate oh box. of course yeah yeah yep, of course yep. it's not coming in every single set so how could you right. package it all together oh that's interesting oh but so okay so and i know I'm going, we're going way into the weeds with these boxes but yeah. so the all the randy stuff will come together in one box and all the other stuff will come together in this other box but it but exactly. it's all going to get shipped at the same time yep do you yep. have any idea on timeframes, like for, for everybody that, that backed it, like what kind of a wait are we looking at once we hit the end of the month, which is when the, the campaign ends, you have any idea what kind of time frame we're looking at? So, you know, the, the broad goal is to get this in everyone's hands before next Comic-Con, right? Yeah. Because then we can talk about all the new exciting things that are coming, you know, across all our various lines and whatnot at Comic-Con and focus on the future. Um, it could come even sooner than that. It could come a little bit earlier. It really just depends, you know, uh, like if, if this would have hit 5K, uh, that first weekend, they would already be, uh, the green light in China would have already went off and they would have been rolling on, on getting it going. Right. Interesting. Um, they're, they're doing a little bit slower now they're developing it because they're anticipating it going through, but it's like you hit the gas when, when you hit that 5k. Yeah. So the sooner we hit the 5k, the sooner <laughs> you actually get it. Right. The sooner it'll go into production. Right. The sooner you'll get it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. Well, look, I mean. I feel like I'll probably come up with a question because I've been, you know, thinking of questions about this since since we introduced it. You know, I had to I had to make time for the rest of the panel when we were at Comic Con. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have just sat there with you guys, being like, "No, no, no, back to this ring. I got a couple questions <laughs> that I need to that I need to ask you." Um, and we cut we cut so much too for time. <laughs> we went way over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like Comic Con this year was one of those where, like, especially I feel like me, I, you know, I know because Gargano. Adam Cole and myself, I think takeover was like pretty quick after uh, we had done the panel. 
And we yeah. all, I mean, that's how legitimate these panels are. We were all sitting there going like, oh, it was so cool when they did this. And remember when we did that? Like, <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that I like about you, uh, Steve Ozer, who is action figure attack on Instagram, is you'll go live uh, quite a bit for unboxings and stuff like that. And I always like looking at the trophy case behind you because there's all kinds of Easter eggs and stuff that hasn't been released yet. Like I, I've been watching the whole time we've been talking that you already have the Amazon Hogan. What? You, I, 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 what? I, check, yeah. I check for all those Easter eggs and I'm sitting there following like Big Heel and stuff who posts whenever anything's in stock on Amazon and just trying to yeah. jump on it and jump on it and jump on it. I got my Jeff Hardy's. It, it's it's fun to do those things. And, you know, at this point, everyone knows we're working from home, right? So yeah. they know that I have some of this stuff already. So if I can show something a little bit early, even if I can't hold it up to camera or whatever, I'm going to do it for you, for you guys and for the all the collectors out there. Because it's fun to see, you know, little sneak peeks early. Um, and I think with WWE, I think in general, as action figures, we do a great job of sharing super, super early. Like you have renders, right? Renders of figures, gray models of figures. Um, and you know, that, that's exciting and important. And I always liked that, you know, before I was on the inside and, you know, that's why we, we make it such a, uh, important part of what we do now. Well, Mattel creations is, uh, is where everybody can go. You can Google Mattel creations. I think you go to creations.mattel.com or mattelcreations.com and, uh, both work, yeah, both work, both, both will get you there and, uh, you'll see the ring. You'll see the big, the big macho man, uh, logo where it's like hey by the way we got more stuff i mean it's so it's so cool that this is happening and that this is the way that you guys dealt with it i love that this is the way that it's like okay like this isn't going quite as quickly as we wanted it to let's give them more value and i mean that's you know that's the way to do it and it's not and you didn't you could have gone real cheesy i'm gonna be honest with you you could have gone real cheesy and been like well guess what we got even more at 8,000 and you're like, okay, well, we're like the fact that you did it at the 5,000 tier is like, I think that's very cool. And I hope that people respond to it and respond to it in a way where it's like, this is, this is one of those times that doesn't always happen where a big company is actually listening to feedback and acting on it while, while they can, you know, I think that it's a, it's a cool thing. And, and, you know, the feedback thing we hear, what else? people want right yeah this this is in motion right now so there's the, the train's not stopping on this campaign so this this is what we're pushing that there's no pivoting away from the item at this point if you're not interested but i'm hearing all the other requests and suggestions loud and clear so i mean crystal clear of if i had to <clears throat> map out everything right now i could probably plan out the next 10 years worth of items like this i just realized that the Bob Backlund that you guys put out is perfect to get jackknifed in eight seconds in the middle of the new generation Madison Square Garden arena. Perfect. It's got to happen. Perfect. It's got to happen. Yep. And by the way, that blue table, don't think I haven't thought about this. The commentary table, the fact that it's blue doesn't have to be a commentary table, right? If you're doing a house show, it could be like a timekeeper's table or one of those tables where like the, the ring crew would sit there, but not the actual commentators. Like if Diesel's going to jackknife Bob Backlund. Right, right. You and, know. you know, if we go a little earlier, I wish we could have a Mike McGurk sitting next to that table. <laughs> That's exactly right. But we got we to gotta Fink. We got to Fink. Right. Fink is absolutely right. new generation. Fink was there for the new generation. Fink was there for WrestleMania 10, right? Announcing Randy in his garb. Now I want to do photography with Fink with this thing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 
Well, I can't wait to to, to watch it progress. Um, the key dates that people should know. August, what, when does it end, end, end? Like, when is the last date for the whole campaign? The campaign closes uh, August 22nd. So that is your final day to get in on this item. Which isn't far off. August 22nd is a lot sooner than people realize, but you can, you can, you can get in by August 22nd. But the key is that this Macho Man figure, the deal expires August 10th, right? 13th, 13th. Right? Okay, so, we got till the 13th. Okay. Uh, breaking kayfabe here, but we filmed that that major thing earlier. Oh, gotcha, uh, gotcha. A couple of days ago, and we didn't, you know, we had to work out some kinks, and the, the, the launch got pushed back. So exposing, exposing the business. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's now ending on August 13th. So if you want that Macho Man figure, um, and you want to encourage even more people to jump in so we can get to doink and get to the ring skirts, make sure to back before August 13th, you get your macho man, you get your announcer set in ultimate edition packaging. And you, I mean, you really encourage other people and give them confidence to, to back this thing as well. And then we can, we can get to all those tiers. I'll tell you right now, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm going to get multiples because I'm just going to flip them and pay for my original investment by, by flipping the multiples. Like it's, I mean, it's going to pay for itself. It's going to be great. I mean, you know, once again, let's be real. That is totally plausible. I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, I will have two myself to keep, but I'm not allowed to do that, but I'm aware that people can do that. Yeah, I could do it. Nobody can stop me from doing it. I could definitely do it. And like, especially I'm going to get one where I can take it apart. That way it's like, Hey, I'm going to sell it piece by piece. I'm going to piecemeal it. It's going to be great. Exactly. It's going to yep, be fantastic. Yep. Well, I can't wait to see it, man. I'm so happy that you guys are doing stuff like this. This is, I mean, as a fan, as a kid who like built so many different things. Like I built a jail cell out of a cardboard box so that I could do the SummerSlam 91 jailhouse match between Big Boss Man and the Mountie. I would, I made money out of construction paper from a million dollar man figure. Like I took a cigar box and turned it into a coffin like I, I've spent, I made a hell in a cell out of like, uh, like chicken fencing kind of, you know, like the, I mean, just so much stuff. Anybody that anybody that grew up at the time that the uh, the, the 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 new generation was as cool as it is to I think us, probably also spent a lot of time like building and fantasizing about having stuff like we're getting now and. I love that we're living in a time where we can just be man children. We never have to grow up. We can get the things that we always wanted as kids. My, I tell you, Steve, like my kids, they know. Like when a figure, I got, I just came in the mail. I got my Bruce Beefcake and DDP Legends. Um, they came in the mail, and I open up a package, and my four year old will go, "What is it?" And then he goes, "Oh, those are daddy toys." <laughs> like he knows <laughs> that oh, I'm not even going to be able to touch those anyway. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, we, we grew up and now we're making this stuff and promoting this stuff. Uh, and we get to also reap the benefits and, and, you know, be broke because we're buying all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. August 13th. Everybody, uh, if you want to get everything involved, if you want to get that Macho Man figure with the sculpted in headset. And that's one of those things. We will probably, if I had to guess, based on what I've seen in wrestling figures, we will probably never again see the cowboy hat with the sculpted-in headset accessory. I can't imagine a context 
where that accessory would ever come up again. And you will regret if you if you, if you like figures, you will regret not having that. So if it's something that appeals to you, I would jump on board by August 13th and uh, and be a part of this thing. I really hope people do. And uh, I appreciate you giving us uh, all these answers, Steve. This was great. Yeah, thank you so thank you so much for this. Uh, you know, Instagram action figure attack. Everyone can reach out to me, and I'm I'm you know super communicative on there, Sam. I mean, you and I talk on there all the time. Yeah. Um. So you know, this is a community that I love very much, and and you know, I'm trying to to give you guys what you want. Um. And you know, let's make this item happen, and then more cool things to come uh, afterwards. You can also jump on the Wrestling Figs forum where Steve has had like a Q&A going for like three years or something like that. Yes, please, please know like when are we getting insert superstar here questions. Though. Awesome, man. Well, th thank you very much, dude. Thank you so much. Cool, man. That was great. All right. Awesome. 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 The recording thank you, thank you. has stopped. And just so you know, uh, I do have 